Good morning, all, and welcome to this morning's encounter with the Lord. This is Russell, your host. How are we all this morning? Good morning, Russell. Good morning, everyone. Let me say good morning, Father. Good morning, Jesus. Good morning, Holy Spirit. The word that became flesh and dwelt amongst us. We thank you, Lord, for that word. We thank you for a new morning. We thank you for revelation. We thank you for your presence. And you call us to be in that Shekinah, to bask in that light, that aura. Each of us you call by name. You fill us with your radiance so that when that there is, there is light. Then all darkness, all ignorance, all doubt, all fear, all worry, all cares, all concerns, and all those positions of discomfort, of not knowing what is to be done there. All of that is removed and replaced by your wisdom. That we can put your knowledge into action with understanding based on the principles, the prophecies, the promises that you give us in your law. That law which will not change, which will not pass away even if heaven and earth pass away. And we thank you, Father, that you fill us with your peace and your joy. Out of your mercy that you renew for us every morning, your grace that you pour into our lives every single day. Your word says you daily load us with these benefits. And we share those benefits, Lord, with everyone that is part of this prayer meeting and this praying family called by your name. With all those for whom prayers have been requested here and those that have no one to pray for them, we thank you, Lord, for all those powerful miracles that you are working in each of these lives every single day, every moment. We also share it, Lord, with all those that are Christians and do not yet know you, have not yet had that opportunity to experience you as a person and all those that do not want to know you. We ask that there be a transformation, that there be a quickening in their spirit, that their footsteps might turn back to you, Lord. As we make our prayer, we call on your name, the name of our maker, our creator, the lifter of all, the preserver of men, the one whose hand is not short to redeem us. And he not only redeems, he blots our transgressions and remembers our sins no more. He casts our sins behind his back and through his word, he teaches us to profit. The Holy One of Israel. And we pray in the name of his son, Jesus. Our rock, our refuge, the one who taught us faith. The one who has enriched us in all utterance and knowledge. The one who holds the key of David. So that the door that he opens, no one can shut. And every door that he shuts, no one can ever open. The Lion of Judah who leads us in the day of battle. And we pray in the name of his spirit. The spirit of light and life, the spirit of truth, the spirit of victory, the spirit of the living God. The spirit of the creator who heals us from all backsliding and has now made his tabernacle within us. And it is through him that we are made alive in the spirit. I thank you, Father, that you have blessed us with the gift of your word and your spirit. 
And you connect that with prayer so that when we pray in faith, speaking your word, speaking your law, you make sure that that law is upheld and fulfilled. That what we have spoken in faith must come to pass. We thank you, Lord, that you have blessed us with angels and destiny helpers as well to enforce your will upon our lives so that when we fall short, you use your mechanism, your resources to take over when we legally allow you to through our prayer. We thank you, Father, that you have blessed us to be part of this prayer group, this movement, this revival that you are carrying out in each of our hearts this day. We thank you, Father, that you have given us a shelter over our heads to protect us from weather. You have given us family and friends. You have given us prayer warriors and intercessors that pray on our behalf, that we are kept secure, that we are kept safe. That we are guided in your word, protected from the enemy. It is you who strengthen. We thank you, Father. As we make our reflection and our prayer this morning, I cover and seal every word we speak, every prayer we make by the precious and most powerful blood of Jesus. We also plead that blood of Jesus over every member of every family that is part of this prayer ministry. We draw a bloodline around each of them. And declare that as our hedge of protection in the spirit, our barricade. We call the angel of the Lord to encamp about each of us to protect and keep us safe from harm, sin, danger, accident, injury, pilfering, theft, hijacking, terrorism and any kind of natural disasters. I command that angelic protection now and I declare this family safe in the mighty name of Jesus. And as we release our prayer this day, we also herald the power in our word, believing that life and death is in the power of our tongue. So what we speak in accordance with the word of God must come to pass. There is no other way. We herald that power by speaking your word from Isaiah 55 verse 10 and 11, Father, that tells us and reminds us that as the snow, as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. So is our word that goes out of our mouths. It will not return to us empty, but will accomplish what we desire and achieve the purpose for which we send it, and we send it in faith in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. As part of yesterday's teaching, Brother Vivek touched on Revelations 12, verse 11. The Lord prompted me to reflect a little more on it, on what does it really mean. Today, I'd like to reflect on that mystery. Where it says, they overcame or triumphed over him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. Who did they overcome? What is the word of their testimony? Let's reflect on this today. To start, let's look at the verse immediately before and after it as well. So we're reflecting on Revelations 12 from verse 10 to 12. And I'm going to look into the amplified version this time. 
Revelation 12 verse 10 says, Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom, that is the dominion and the reign of our God and the authority of his Christ have come. Let's stop there. How do you know that that kingdom has come to them? Let's look at Matthew 12 verse 28. What did Jesus say there? He said, if it is by the Spirit of God that I drive out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. Now, what that really means is there is someone else that has control over you, but if I'm driving them out now, then you directly come under that dominion and that reign of God. You come under his kingship. You come under his authority. Now, his rule and his law applies to you, which did not apply earlier because you had subjected yourself to demons by giving them permission. You came under their law, under their rule. So when that happens, then we are free, which means we need to overcome those demons. Now, compare that with what he says in this verse. He goes on to say here, in Revelation 12, verse 10, now we're continuing on that verse. It says, for the accuser of our believing brothers and sisters has been thrown down at last. He who accuses them and keeps bringing charges of sinful behavior against them before our God day and night. That one is thrown down and defeated which exactly correlates to what Jesus said there. He has driven out those demons and the one that they serve, his rule. So God's rule has come in the lives of these people because the accuser is defeated. Now, how was he defeated? Verse 11 goes on to say, they overcame and conquered him. Who is him? The accuser, because the immediate pre preceding verse talks about the accuser. That accuser is Satan. They overcame and conquered him because of the blood of the Lamb. Let us stop there. The first question here is, who does it say overcame? Now we know that Jesus has won the victory on the cross and yet people suffer. And we wonder if he won that victory on the cross, why are people still suffering? Shouldn't they have been part of the victory? But this verse says, did not say he overcame. They said they overcame. Talking about each one of us believers that believes they are the ones that overcome. And for each of us to overcome or win, we must claim that victory that Jesus won through his blood. We can only claim it through faith. Romans 10 verse 9 and 10 says, when you declare him as Lord over your life in faith, you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, then you are saved. That is this saving by the blood. The blood now applies to you up until then. That blood does not apply. It cannot save. Are you seeing why demons cannot be driven out? Are you seeing why people continue to suffer and there is nothing? That's the gap. That claiming of the victory of the blood over their own lives, that must be Total, it must be intentional. It can't be casually read out of a book and then hope that it will happen. It must be from the bottom of your heart that you accept and, and speak it out. 
And that's why testimony becomes important. That's why it says they overcame him by one, the blood of the lamb and two, the word of their testimony. Now this is a courtroom scene. You can see there's testimony here. You can see there's an accuser here as well. Now Jesus is the advocate standing in between. And he takes your place and he is gone into the He has gone into the witness box. So he has become the accused now. And when it says they overcame the enemy by the word of their testimony, what does that testimony mean? What testimony are you and I expected to give? When in the fact that you are expected to give testimony comes up, it means you are the witness. The one who is testifying. No longer the accused. The accused stands beside you, Jesus. What does that testimony mean? When you look at the definition of testimony, it says it is defined as a formal or a written, a formal written or spoken statement given in a court of law. So that is evidence or that is proof. The question here is what are you evidencing? What are you testifying? You are testifying the truth. That the blood of Jesus has saved you. Or else he says saved and healed. And you are saying show me first that I am healed and then I'll testify. So his confession is not matching with your confession. And the judge cannot clear the charges brought by the accuser because the testimony of the witness does not match that of the accused. Are we seeing why healing can get stuck? Revelations 19 verse 10 says, a testimony is the spirit of prophecy. Now this is important. Most of us understand testimony as after we have completely been healed, then we say, thank you, Lord. I had cancer. I had sickness. I had disease. I had problems in my life. And now that is solved. And that is what we often talk about as testimony. But this testimony here is a testimony of what you've experienced in your spirit even before that result comes up. This testimony here is your transformation. It is a personal revelation from God that the Holy Spirit makes real to you. And then you speak what has been revealed to you in faith. Just like in yesterday's teaching, Jairus said his daughter will live. That was his revelation even before she was restored to life. The woman with the issue of blood, even before she was healed, she said, if I touch Jesus, I will be well. I will be well. That was her revelation. That was her testimony, which was said before the healing took place. Now, what is your testimony when you are praying? It is a confession of what has been revealed to you at that time in faith and then you make that declaration of what the Holy Spirit has revealed to you in faith. 
It is not after you have seen the result in the physical. It is not after you have been healed, but before your healing. When that healing itself has become so real to you in your heart that you believe it is already here. And then you speak with your mouth and say, I have already received it. That is Mark 11 verse 24, which means believe you have received and it shall be yours. You have to believe you have received it first. That believing you have receiving and then speaking it out is your testimony. When that transformation takes place, then you have overcome the accuser. Because when it becomes so real to you, then no matter what the accuser or the enemy suggests you, no matter how he blames you or tries to shame you, you are not moved because you know something and you stand firm on it. Your standing firm there is your faith. Not moving from what your confession is. Not changing it, not changing what you believe in. When you don't change it, he can no longer steal it from you. John 10.10 10 says he came, the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy. He can come, he can try, but when you are unmoved, there is nothing for him to steal anymore. He can't. When he can no longer steal your miracle from you, that's when you have overcome him. And this will be tested. There is always a test of faith. So verse 11 then goes on to say what that really means. How firm-footed are they that believe? It says, they did not love their lives and renounce their faith even when faced with death. That is the testimony of a believer. That no matter what happens, I have decided to follow Jesus. We sing this in our hymns as well, but this is the real essence of it. I have decided to follow Jesus. There is no turning back. No matter what happens, my confession of my healing is not going to change. I am not turning back. That is important. No matter the temptation or even fear, or the terror the evil one tries to strike. Those that say, I will not change my statement, I do not care of the consequences, even if it means that when you are not afraid of what the devil can do, then there really is nothing for him to steal from you. There really is nothing that he can do to make you afraid. He only thrives on your fear. He cannot do anything until you give him permission. But if you do not give him permission and then refuse to fear and hold on firm to what you have confessed, then he cannot make you bend. That is when you triumph. That is when you win. That is the overcoming the accuser. And then verse 12 says, Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them in the presence of God. What is this verse talking about? It is talking about heaven rejoicing when that one believer has overcome. And when you look closely and reflect on these or compare them with the three parables that Jesus talk, taught us in Luke 15, the parable of the lost sheep, the lost coin and the lost son who is found. At the end of each of those parables, Jesus said, there is joy in heaven when each of these are found. 
this lost believer that has now overcome Satan is found in the kingdom. Because we started off with Revelation 12 verse 10 that says the kingdom of God has now come to that person. He was lost. He overcame the accuser and is now found. So if you have understood this, what is your takeaway? Let's just summarize it in four quick bullet points. First one, always remember the blood of Jesus washes your sin when you claim it through faith. That confession, that claiming through faith, when the blood says you are healed and then your testimony reaffirms that you are healed in the spirit, they too must align. They must say the same thing. When they align, then that transformation has helped you overcome. Number three, that can only happen when the Holy Spirit makes your healing real to you in your heart. We must pray for that grace. That we don't look at the pain we are experiencing. We don't look at the suffering we are enduring. We look at the outcome that the Lord says in his word is for us. And that must become real to you in your heart. That you have started believing the outcome is already here, even if you don't see it. When you say, I can feel it, it is here. It's already done. And then number four, you do not change your statement of evidence that you have given, the witness that you have given to the victory by the blood, no matter what. You stand firm because your miracle depends on it. When we follow these, then we know that through the word of our testimony, we have overcome the accuser. He can no longer steal and cause that problem to torment us. That problem has to be wiped away and the kingdom of God has come into our lives. Praise God, Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray. For that revelation, that understanding, that quickening in each of our hearts. So that just like Jairus, just like the woman with the issue of blood, we declare our statement in faith, our evidence, our testimony of what we have visualized should be our outcome in our prayer. And when we declare it in that faith, then we overcome the enemy. Help us understand, Lord, and apply this in every prayer that we make for ourselves and for others. The power of our declaration, life and death in our tongue, grant us that grace, Lord, that quickening to believe that we have received it. We ask for that edification in our spirit. As we pray for spiritual edification, we also pray for our physical and our temporal needs. Those of our families and our friends. We pray for all those that are battling sickness and disease, those that are hospitalized this day and will undergo any kind of procedures. We thank you, Father, for the healings that you have conducted yesterday. For everyone that has been through any kind of procedure. And has emerged out of it healthy and well. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Father, 
We pray also for all families that are battling any kind of separation or division, even the smallest differences, smallest arguments that have kept them to remain away from each other and not on talking terms, even if they're under the same roof. Let your peace reunite, Lord. Let the devil not steal from them. For what you have joined together, let it always stay together. We pray also for all those that are battling all kinds of strongholds in their lives. Any kind of addictions. But in a special way, we pray for all our brothers and our sisters and for each of us as well that are currently victims in whatever way of poverty, of ignorance, of prayerlessness and of busyness that has taken your people away from you. Let every such yoke, every such chain be broken, every such bondage under the force of Egypt be broken and your people be brought into your promised land, Lord, through the blood of Jesus that now in the spirit serves as our Red Sea. That your people walk through on dry ground, protected by walls of that blood to the left and to the right. And the enemy drowns within it and is wiped out. Let that transformation take place through your salvation today, Father. We pray also for those members of our family and our friends that are not yet saved. There are many of us that do not yet believe in your name, Lord. And there are others that are lukewarm, that believe and yet are not inclined to prayer, are not inclined to connect with you, to have that relationship with you, that do not have that desire to know you more. Called by your name, your people called by your name, and yet are not quickened in their heart to come to you. We stand in that gap, Lord, and on their behalf, we ask for their quickening. That your kingdom come and your will then be done in their lives. Just as Revelation 12 verse 10 says, when every force of wickedness is cast out of their lives, their eyes are open to see the truth, the scales are removed, then your kingdom has come, Lord. Let your kingdom come in their lives. Father, we thank you that you have heard us, that you always hear us. When we release our prayer and our faith, we make this a prayer of agreement with each other and the Holy Spirit who prays for us and with us. That prayer made under an open heaven reaches you and we know in our hearts that is an answered prayer. We believe that we have received every word we speak, Lord. And we speak just like Jairus and that woman with the issue of the blood in faith this day. As we release our prayer now in agreement in the Spirit. I encourage all those that can pray in the spirit using the gift of tongues to unmute and join in. Those that are praying for that gift to release your tongue and your faith, ask the Holy Spirit to take over. Let us make our prayer now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Thank you, Spirit. Father. 
Thank Ya 
The scripture being led to this morning is from 2 Corinthians 4, 13 and 14. Since we have the same spirit of faith as he had who wrote, I believed and so I spoke. We too believe and so we speak, knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and bring us with you into his presence. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. We also have a scripture that has been shared in the chat. This is again from 2 Corinthians. This is chapter 9, verse 13, quoted from the NIV. That says, because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. Amen. Thank you, Jesus.
If you are being blessed by these reflections, if it has opened some new understanding for you that you can apply now in your lives, please share it with your family and your friends. Give that to, give that to them as a gift. that They can experience the same transformation and the same results that you experience in your prayer as well. That is when that prayer, that understanding has come full circle. Please also share Brother Savio's reflections that are posted on our social media channels. We will try, we will try to expand those channels as well now further so that you can share it across more platforms and reach more lives. Thank you, Jesus. And let the mercy and the grace and the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ and his favor that comes out of his jealous love for us chases and overtakes us. Let that be multiplied in each of our lives this day so that as we are blessed, let us in turn go out and be a blessing to everyone around us in the name of Jesus and for his glory. Be blessed and have a wonderful weekend, everyone. Thank you, Russell. God bless everyone. Thank you, Russell. God bless everyone.